Pretty bird. Pretty bird. Polly want a cracker. It don't say Polly want a cracker. What do it say? You're under arrest. I once knew a guy had a parrot said that. Yeah. You dirty rat. Snitch. Stool pigeon. Informer. Squealer. You dirty rat. I already said you dirty rat. Yeah, but I say it better. Johnny Bird. <laughs> I thought you was dead. That was a general idea. Billy Sparrow. Todd Wilkinson. Ooh, that's a good one. Who's the dame? An assistant DA I recently made the acquaintance of. They picked you up? Misdemeanor. They don't have misdemeanors here. They just have felonies. Oh, mama, I'm in fear for my life from the long arm of the law. Lawman is putting into my running and I'm so far from my home. Oh, mama, I can hear you are crying. You're so scared and all alone. Hangman is coming down from the gallows and I don't have very long. This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. Open up with that scene from the movie uh, My Blue Heaven. You know, uh, I got picked up on a uh, on a misdemeanor. Uh, they don't have misdemeanors here; they're only felonies. Yeah, in New York, in New York, it's uh, uh, felonies get downgraded to misdemeanors, and uh, and misdemeanors get thrown out, and they don't get prosecuted unless. Your name is Donald Trump. That song was Renegade from Styx uh, from the Pieces of Eight album. Uh, oh, Mom, I've been hit years on the lamb and had a high price on my head. Lawman said, get him dead or alive. Now it's sure he'll see me dead. You know what? Uh, I think uh, the, defense, the the Justice Department, the uh, Alan Alvin Bragg, you know, uh, one of the chipmunks, uh, Fat Alvin, uh, he, he uh, campaigned, as we talked about last week, he campaigned uh, on the on the fact that he'd get Donald Trump. He's the one that's going to get Donald Trump. And according to uh, 
according to that, a, a couple of his uh, DAs quit because he wasn't going after him because he realized there's really not a case. And then he decided, okay, well, I better I better make good on this. And uh, you know whether it's whether it's true or not, whether there's really a law broken or not, whether there's anything, doesn't matter who who the violent people are out on the streets. Doesn't matter what's really going on that's that's damaging the the state of New York or the city of New York. Got to get Trump. No matter what he did or didn't do, let's just get it. So uh, anyway, I'm going to talk about that for most of the show. I'm going to talk about what we've what we've seen as I promised last week, um, because it's been quite a uh, quite a spectacle for everybody to see. And uh, so I'll talk all about that. But first. For those of you who don't know me, let me introduce myself. My name is Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need and you need financing, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, toll-free day or night, area code 855-640-2020. If you want to talk, if you want to talk to me, but you don't want to talk on the phone just yet, you want to do the cyber thing, you know, text me or email me. Go to edhoffman.net, E-D-H-O-F-F-M-A-N.net. Click on the United American Mortgage logo and uh, put in as much information as you want me to have. Tell me how much information you want back and you'll hear back from myself or one of my talented teammates will help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. Um, if you uh, if you hear something on the show you want repeated or you want to share it with somebody or you just missed it when it was on the radio, Stay on edhoffman.net, click on the podcast page. You'll hear this. You'll have there, you'll see uh, this show as well, well, several past shows. You can listen to them on demand. You can also get the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes, Apple Podcasts, where you can uh, subscribe for free and have it automatically download to your device. I typically uh, record on Friday mornings, it'll upload on Friday afternoons, it'll download to your device shortly thereafter. Um, if you have comments on the show, send me an email to ed at edhoffman.net. Um, okay, so let's uh, let's uh, get to what's going on. As we all know, Donald Trump was arraigned this week in Manhattan. And judging by the media coverage, you would have thought there was nothing else going on in the world. From the moment Donald, Donald Trump's motorcade left Mar-a-Lago on Monday, the media has delivered wall-to-wall coverage. And it was about as exciting as having wall-to-wall coverage from me pulling out of my garage to go to the store or the office or the, or the bank or anywhere else. Hey, right. Ed Hoffman's pulling out of his pulling out of his grudge. Okay, uh, hey, he's uh, rolling down his window to wave to the one of the neighbors. Hey, he's stopping to get gas. He's putting his credit card into the gas pump, proving once again that they don't know what to do with themselves without Trump. Uh, but they got away with it because, as always, the media was very careful to disguise their obsession as their duty to cover history in the making. We're watching really history right now unfold on your screen. Donald Trump en route to the airport, the first ever former president to face a criminal indictment. Look, this is a historic moment. We just watched the former president of the United States or a former president of the United States leave his home, headed to New York to be arraigned in court. We're watching on our screen as Trump's motorcade has now arrived on the tarmac at Palm Beach International Airport. Heading up in the air and heading back to his home state of New York. 
certainly not the kind of homecoming that uh, he had ever imagined when he went back from Florida to New York, but he is heading back on a historic flight, not necessarily a part of history that Donald Trump or any former president would want to make. One of the things that we have learned is to um, not put everything at an 11, not make everything the biggest deal. This is a big deal. Yeah, it's a... it's you know I can say I I waited at an airport in Bullhead City to watch uh, uh, Donald Trump come down for a rally in Bullhead City a week before the election in 2020 and it was pretty exciting, pretty exciting to see uh, Air Force One drop into a relatively small airport like uh, Bullhead Laughlin uh, Airport, um, big giant plane on a not so big uh, uh, runway and it was pretty exciting and you know I could see why people want to be president of the United States. You you drive in like your, it's your limo into uh, into the airport. You get off the you get off to all the screaming fans. You jump into your little uh, bulletproof limo that takes you I don't know uh, 200 yards from the where the plane is to where the stage is. Get off of that, speak, do all do all your your appearance stuff, and then uh, walk down the stairs. Get back into your limo. Takes you 200 yards over to the steps of the plane, and the plane takes off. And and I can tell you when we were there. By the time we got out of the Bullhead City Airport to the tram to the to the tr- the the trams the buses that took us back to the the parking lot where we got to park outside the airport, Trump was already in Phoenix making another speech. So I was watching it on on the news on my phone while thinking, man, we got to walk all the way out of the airport, and then we got to get on get in this line to get on the bus, and then go you know a quarter of a mile over to the 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 field where they had us all parked. Pretty exciting, though, to, to to be able to do that. You know, Trump gets on his, his plane now that says, Trump, not quite as big, probably not quite as luxurious, um, but, you know, it's got to be cool to be Donald Trump. Also, you know, with the exception of with the exception of having to put up with the uh, the attacks that he gets from from all directions. Also part of the hype, armed guards lining the Trump Tower entrance, demonstrators on both sides. And I don't mean both sides of the street. I mean both sides of the of the uh, political spectrum, not just pro-Trumpers, much to the disappointment of liberals that were hoping to see a January 6th, 2.0. They wanted to see lots of, of uh, pro-Trumpers uh, get out of hand and uh, start a riot. And this sanctimonious press conference from New York City Mayor Eric Adams. And I want to, again, thank the police department, the commissioner uh, for their response and for the necessary preparation as we deal with this major historical potential event that would take place in the city. All New Yorkers should go on with their regular activities. That means going to work, going to school. If you usually drive, we're state and take public transportation. Uh, It is easy to get around on public transportation because we expect some disruptions and additional traffic as a great deal of additional traffic that may come in the city, and there will be street closures near the courts and throughout the city. Uh, while there may be some rabble-rousers thinking about coming to our city tomorrow, our message is clear and simple. Control yourselves. New York City is our home, not a playground for your misplaced anger. Yeah, there is a, a street shutdown. My wife goes, why is it taking him so long to get from the from Trump Tower to the to the courthouse, which is about seven miles? And I go, well, because he's not taking public transportation. You know, if we were there, we'd we'd walk down the stairs to the 
to the subway, get on the subway, and you're there in a, two or three minutes, and uh, then come up come up the stairs from onto the street, and there you are. But he's not taking uh, not taking uh, uh, public transportation. He's in his in his limo, and there is like 10, 10 cars behind him, full of Secret Service people, and or I'm sure some in front of him, some behind him, and uh, and of course she goes, yeah, but the streets were cleared. Why would it take that long? I don't know, because uh, it's Trump, because it's the uh, New York City for whatever reason. So the rebel, number one rebel rouser that Adams was referring to there was Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, who was expected to address the crowd of demonstrators at Collect Pond Park, which is right across the street from the courthouse. But she wasn't able to do do that for, for long because uh, her own security whisked her away after some brief remarks because the crowd was going so crazy and they weren't listening to her. So she, you know, she made a, a sentence or two and then uh, no one could hear her. So they just whisked her away. Many in the media made it clear that they were hoping Green would encourage the crowd to riot, all a part of their sick fantasy, to create another January 6th. So once she was whisked back to her vehicle, MSNBC's reporter had nothing else to do while waiting for Trump to show up. So he asked Marjorie Taylor Green for an interview in her car, and she obliged. The reason why I came out is to protest, and it's our First Amendment right to peacefully protest, um, not to cause problems or break any laws, but to use our voices. And we have to stand up against this. For six years, they everyone warned, the Democrats warned, that President Trump would destroy democracy. But actually, democracy is being destroyed today. They're, they're not prosecuting President Trump. They're persecuting him. And it's all because he's the leading Republican candidate for the the presidential election for 2024. Alvin Bragg is making the best case possible to Republican voters to vote for Donald Trump. If people are focused on inflation and the borders and all those other issues that you suggest are animating voters, why is the fact that he's going after Donald Trump a better case than those issues that they care about so personally? Because it exposes the Democrat Party. Yeah, I have to agree. It exposes the Democrat Party for who they are. But one thing that I notice, and if you've read my book, you'll notice that I tell stories and then I notice little things that that create life lessons. One thing it shows me is being a congressman is probably a part-time gig. You get paid $172,000 a year. You probably get a travel allowance and you can just basically go do whatever you want. So if you know that there's a uh, potential big event coming on, you just jump on a plane and fly to New York and get involved in the get involved in the in the hoopla and uh, you still get $172,000 a year. You don't have to be in your office. Don't have to be anywhere. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's a better gig than we all think. Um, it would make would make sense that why people uh, spend a million dollars to get a hundred seventy two thousand dollar year job. That's only for two years. Also, part of the media's sick obsession: seeing Trump in every criminal justice scenario imaginable. Officials familiar with the matter tell NBC News that Trump will not be handcuffed, be put in a holding cell or even have his mugshot taken. Mugshot? Will, we, will he have to take a mugshot? Will there be a perp walk? Or most of them do have perp walks. You have to fingerprint him, that, that mm-hmm. for sure, because yeah. they have to generate a rap sheet and a NICID number. He's gonna go in and get fingerprinted. He might get a mugshot, we don't know yet. Do you think there should be a mugshot? Do you think there should be cameras in the courtroom? 
I think there should be, I, I generally think cameras should be in the courtroom because I think people need to see what's actually happening and, and it needs to be demystified. But the mugshot, that's usually used for in case he flees the jurisdiction. And obviously there are enough pictures of him. We don't need to have his mugshot. Uh, I would not, certainly not handcuff him. I think he would love that picture. I would make uh, very sure that that booking photo is not released. Uh, he would turn it into T-shirts. Talking about mugshots, uh, one of Trump's closest allies said to me over the weekend, please let there be a mugshot. We want to put it on a T-shirt. It'll be part of our campaign ensemble as we look to 2024. He will be fingerprinted. They will take a mugshot. Um, <laughs> it is... Ridiculous, ridiculous. You know, uh, um, you know, the Democrats want the mugshot. They want the picture of him in in handcuffs, which they didn't get either of the, either of the above. But uh, they want it because they want to say, hey, is this who you want to vote for? They want to use it against him. Trump wants it because he's going to use it to look at what the, the country's doing to people. You know, if they can do it to me, they could do it to everybody. Trump is a master of of turning uh, turning ugly situations to his advantage. So uh, in the end, there was no mugshot. There were no handcuffs. And only camera allowed in the courtroom was a still shot camera. And I've seen about uh, two or three different versions of him sitting at the at the defense table with uh, his his attorneys around him and uh, not smiling or looking looking depressed, just kind of sitting there like, why am I here? This is BS, which I would agree. So uh, so the next big question, what exactly is Trump being charged with for that? We go to the man who dreamed up his entire circus. Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg. Earlier this afternoon, Donald Trump was arraigned on a New York Supreme Court indictment returned by a Manhattan grand jury on 34 felony counts of falsifying business records in the first degree. Under New York state law, it is a felony to falsify business records with intent to defraud and an intent to conceal another crime. That is exactly what this case is about. 34 false statements made to cover up other crimes. These are felony crimes in New York State. No matter who you are, we cannot and will not normalize serious criminal conduct. Really? They won't? Well, it seems like he's already doing it with all the people uh, um, robbing stores, uh, mugging people, pushing people in front of uh, subways and killing them. And, uh, hey, we're not going to prosecute crimes that weren't violent because uh, we got too much to do. And uh, crimes that were violent, we're turning them into misdemeanors, so we don't have to prosecute those either. We'll just make them deals and they can pay their fine and we can let them out. We're not holding bail for anybody because, hey, we'll just book them and book them and send them out on their own recognizance so they don't have to pay bail because it's not fair to people that are poor that they have to pay bail for for doing the for for committing a crime. Wait a minute. If they didn't do if they can't pay the if they can't pay the fine, why would they do the crime? Don't do the crime if you can't do the time. You know that's uh that's how it used to be back in the world that we grew up in. Uh that was a world without with uh, without so much uh, crime. Um so the 34 felony counts are all for the same thing, falsifying business records. Is uh, Alvin Bragg working for the IRS now? Because I thought he was a district attorney to take care of a crime problem, but now he's 
prosecuting people for uh, putting uh, falsifying business records? Where else would would business records be that would include where he put a legal a legal fee, or maybe it wasn't a legal fee? Where would we see this where it would damage anybody? Here's D. D. A. Bragg on the brilliant logic he used to come up with 34 separate accounts for the same supposed crime. The defendant repeatedly made false statements on New York business records. He also caused others to make false statements. The defendant claimed that he was paying Michael Cohen for legal services performed in 2017. This simply was not true. For nine straight months, the defendant held documents in his hand containing this key lie, that he was paying Michael Cohen for legal services performed in 2017. And he personally signed checks for payments to Michael Cohen for each of these nine months. In total, the grand jury found there were 34 documents with this critical false statement. Yeah, so not that it actually matters, but to recap all that, all what all this is about were there were three payments, $130,000 paid to Stormy Daniels, uh, $150,000 paid to American Media Incorporated, publisher of the National Choir, Michael, and there was $30,000 to a doorman at Trump Tower who said he had he had information. Hey, I have information on something that Trump did that he wasn't supposed to be doing. So, uh, uh, and the, the 150, and Michael Cohen gave $150,000 to the um, to the National Enquirer to kill the Karen McDougal story when Trump became nominee. So you have all kinds of people that have all kinds of stories, and under normal circumstances, Trump would say, "Hey, so hey, let's just pay them off." And I don't know that Trump knew about that, but supposedly what Michael Cohen said initially was that he took care of it without Trump's knowledge, and that was the story. And for him to write a check to his attorney for 130000 or 100000 you know, when I ran, uh, when I was running Wholesale Capital, it wasn't uncommon for me to be paying $10,000, $20,000, $30,000 in checks to my attorney. And I don't know what, you know, there were just people suing us for, for various reasons, um, for various reasons when the, uh, we laid, I had, I had one person that, that uh, claimed that I laid her off because she was pregnant when I was laying people off when I was closing the company. And, you know, that cost a whole bunch of money in legal fees because you got to fight it. And, you know, that, and that's the whole reason. If you've seen the movie A Civil Action, the whole idea is, to, is to, to wear you down writing checks to your attorney until you finally just said, okay, I'll settle. So uh, at the core of Bragg's case is the allegation that Trump made these payments to keep uh, these two women and the doorman quiet before the election, which, if you're Donald Trump, means you committed election interference. Why did Donald Trump repeatedly make these false statements. The evidence will show that he did so to cover up crimes relating to the 2016 election. Donald Trump, executives at the publishing company American Media Incorporated, Mr. Cohen and others agreed in 2015 to a catch and kill scheme. That is a scheme to buy and suppress negative information to help Mr. Trump's chance of winning the election. As part of this scheme, Donald Trump and others made three payments to people who claimed to have negative information about Mr. Trump. To make these payments, they set up shell companies and they made yet more false statements 
including, for example, in AMI, American Media Incorporated's business records. One of the three people that they paid to keep quiet was a woman named Stormy Daniels. Less than two weeks before the presidential election, Michael Cohen wired $130,000 to Stormy Daniels' lawyer. That payment was to hide damaging information from the voting public. The participant scheme was illegal. Yeah, so it, it could have also been to uh, to influence uh, influence his wife to not know about it, so she wouldn't file for divorce. Um, and of course, hey, they set up shell companies. You mean like Sinohawk? The Biden the Biden family did. They set up Sinohawk so they could pull in money from the Chinese uh, Chinese uh, Chinese government driven uh, energy company called CEFC, so they could wire three million dollars into their account. And then they could just distribute 1.3 million of it to uh, Hunter and Joe and Haley and James. Hmm, I don't know. That sounds sounds familiar. If this is such a if this is such a crime, why isn't Biden in jail? And we can go and we have multiple multiple examples of that. And uh, you know, in the in the in the scheme of what Donald Trump had to lose, even just his reputation. Um, the fact that someone would extort money from him doesn't seem that far, that that far fetched. And even if all this stuff did happen, I, as an American citizen, I don't care. Anyway, so stay tuned for five minutes traffic, weather, and sports, and we're going to go go through a lot more stuff that's going on in this country. Welcome back to part two of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage. I don't often talk about uh, real estate or financing, but uh, you know, if you're in the market, if you're uh, if you're thinking that uh, maybe you should check and see if there's a better way to rearrange your finances on your on your houses, uh, pay off some of your bills with some of your equity, put yourself in a better position for what the future holds. If you're over 62 or your spouse is over 62 and you're thinking you'd like to uh, bridge the gap between how many years you have left and how much money you have left in your uh, in your bank accounts and your 401ks, uh, if you'd like to pick up a piece of property in California or outside of California, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net, click on the United America Mortgage logo, and we'll uh, help you uh, find what you're looking for. So anyway, um, before the break, we're talking about the uh, whole uh, Trump, Trump arraignment and the uh, spectacle it was on Tuesday. And uh, again, I, I have to say that um, I don't know where, where, you know, the, he, they, if you read the indictment, they repeat the same thing 34 times. So it basically says, hey, he, he, uh, he falsified business records. Well, why does, why does which, which column he put, put a $130,000 expense? Why does that have any damage to anybody? You know, whether it's a, well, he called it a, he called it a legal expense. So what else would you call it? And where else would you call it? Where else would you put it? And what do you call it when someone's threatening to damage you, whether it's politically or business wise? Um, and I'll tell you that in the, uh, when the mortgage meltdown came, came on, I had a partner who was doing hard money loans with his family members 
money with his money, family members' money, and uh, we had we had lawsuits from people that lost their money because they weren't lenders. He's lending out people's money that just have money. They didn't know what kind of they didn't understand the risk, and the market was was taken a was was falling apart. The real estate market was falling apart, and people were borrowing money anywhere they could, and they'd pay whatever they could. And and my former partner was doing this, and we were getting sued all over the place. And I had nothing to do with it. And I said, hey, I'm not paying anything because it had nothing to do with wholesale capital. My attorney would depose these these uh, plaintiffs and say, have you ever met Ed Hoffman? No. Have you ever signed a check to wholesale capital? No. Have you ever been to wholesale capital? No. Uh, why are you suing wholesale capital or Ed Hoffman? He goes, well, because Jim's vice president. Okay, so... Um, it came down to basically my former partner was using uh, a wholesale capital email. And I say, hey, I'm fighting this. I have nothing to do with it. And at some point I said, you know what? I'm losing, I'm losing a lot of opportunity because, uh, because the banks look at the, the, at the uh, lawsuits on my financials and they, they say, well, we don't know what's going to happen with these lawsuits. So I went, I went about, trying to settle me out of them. So we went to the, and we, we made deals with these plaintiffs. Hey, you don't have to settle the whole case. We'll pay you this to just get wholesale capital and Ed Hoffman out of it because we had nothing to do with it. And until those things were settled, my financials had, had a cloud in them. So when you think about Trump, whose, whose uh, corporation is, is, uh, you know, 10,000 times larger than that, this just doesn't seem like any big deal. It might be a big deal to the average American who makes, you know, 50 or $80,000 a year. But for someone who's, who's making billions of dollars, <clears throat> this is a blip on the screen. So it shouldn't have been, shouldn't have been a big deal. So they're, they're reaching, they're, they're grasping at straws. They're looking for anything because Bragg promised everybody who voted for him, he was going to get Donald Trump. And they all wanted to see that picture of him being in, in handcuffs. They all wanted to see uh, a mugshot with him. They all want to say, "Look, they they indicted him." You know, if you if you're on Twitter, just 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 search for Rob Reiner. This guy has got got so much of his brain that Trump's Trump's paying uh, uh, is renting, or that he's taking up rent free in Rob Reiner's brain. He's he's a maniac. He's an absolute maniac for this stuff, and that's the whole Democrat Party. They got to do something. And uh, at eight at eight p.m. on Wednesday on Tuesday night, uh, Trump spoke at Mar-a-Lago to discuss his response to the arraignment. Here's some of the beginning of that speech. The only crime that I have committed is to fearlessly defend our nation from those who seek to destroy it. From the beginning, the Democrats spied on my campaign. Remember that. They attacked me with an onslaught of fraudulent investigations. Russia, 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 Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine. Impeachment hoax number one. Impeachment hoax number two. The illegal and unconstitutional raid on Mar-a-Lago, right here. The lying to the FISA courts, the FBI and DOJ relentlessly pursuing Republicans the unconstitutional changes to election laws by not getting approvals from state legislators, the millions of votes illegally stuffed into ballot boxes and all caught on government cameras, 
And just recently, the FBI and DOJ, in collusion with Twitter and Facebook, in order not to say anything bad about the Hunter Biden laptop from hell, which exposes the Biden family as criminals and which, according to the pollsters, would have made a 17-point difference in the election result. It would have been in our favor, not my favor, our favor, because our country is going to hell. Yeah, and the crime, the crime that he really committed was being elected to a position where he would see what was really going on in our government. And already being a billionaire, uh, he, would be beyond, he would be beyond being able to be influenced by money. Hey, you know what? We're going we're gonna to put $100,000 in your account. Just shut up about this stuff. Um, and he threatened the money machine that is our, is our government. And, uh, and all these people are, are, uh, are got money flowing through from other countries, from companies, from, uh, from, uh, lobbyists from, Hey, you know, vote this way, put this in a bill. So this, this clears things up for us or, or, Hey, vote this direction. So, uh, we're just going to put some money in your campaign fund and uh, in exchange for you uh, voting for this law, because it means means a lot of money to our company. All this stuff is going on. If you've seen the movie uh, American Gangster, when uh, Josh Brolin goes into uh, to uh, uh, Russell Crowe and says, "Hey, stay away from this guy. This is a money machine. We're all getting kickbacks from this guy. You know, don't don't prosecute him." And uh, Russell Crowe goes, "Hey, you know what? Over here in New Jersey, uh, we do we do something different than everybody else. We actually put criminals in jail." Well, the Democrats don't want that to happen, just like the dirty cops in New York during the during the American Gangsters uh, movie didn't want it to happen. They don't want they don't want to see that happen. And another reason that it's not just Democrats, but it's some of the old school Republicans that we need to replace. Guys like Mitch McConnell that you know he he doesn't he doesn't want the money machine shut down either. And I say to I say to them, how much is enough? How much money do you need to be rich? You've got, you know, the Pelosi family, the Mitch McConnell's family, the Bidens. You know, the Bidens have were always poor, so they've got this money machine going now. But, um, but these these uh, these these uh, politicians that are getting rich on this stuff, and they're selling out our country. You don't think the you don't think the uh, the cartels on the southern border aren't paying somebody off over here to not close the border? Something's going on. Follow the money. It's a, you'll find the answers to all that. Trump also outlined some of what's happened in the past three years while the left has weaponized law enforcement to chase him down and Biden has undone all the progress he made. And now this massive election interference at a scale never seen before in our country, beginning with the radical left, George Soros-backed prosecutor Alvin Bragg of New York, <laughs> who campaigned on the fact that he would get President Trump. I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him. This is a guy campaigning. He wanted to get President Trump at any cost. And this, before he knew anything about me, didn't know a thing about me, he was campaigning. As it turns out, virtually everybody that has looked at this case, including rhinos and even hardcore Democrats, say there is no crime and that it should never have been brought. Never have been brought. Everybody. Even people that 
Aren't big fans have said it. They said this is not the right thing to do. It's an insult to our country as the world is already laughing at us for so many other reasons, like our open borders, our incompetent withdrawal from Afghanistan, where we left behind American citizens, $85 billion worth of the best military equipment in the world, lost 13 magnificent young lives and far too many to mention that are so badly hurt with the loss of arms and legs and facial obliteration. The most embarrassing time in our country's history, in my opinion. Then our give up on energy independence and even energy dominance. We're going to be dominant within six months, more than any other nation times two. We had this all just three years ago, our raging crime statistics. If you look in Democrat-run cities, numbers the likes of which we have never seen before, the open threats by various countries of the use of nuclear weapons, something never mentioned or discussed by outside nations during the Trump administration and which could very well lead under the Biden administration's leadership to an all-out nuclear world war three can happen. An economy that has been crippled by the biggest inflation we have seen in more than 60 years. We are a nation in decline. And now these radical left lunatics want to interfere with our elections by using law enforcement. We can't let that happen. Yeah, I want to know, I want to know uh, who Biden paid to kill the Tony Bobolinsky story. Remember uh, the, the, you know, half an hour before the half an hour, maybe it was two hours before the, the second uh, presidential debate, Tony Bobolinsky came out and exposed all the stuff that was going on with uh, Sinohawk, with, uh, with him and Rob Walker and uh, James uh, Biden and Joe Biden and Hunter Biden and uh, CEFC and what they were doing, setting up this company and how Joe Biden was getting 10% of the profits and how he met with Joe Biden regarding it, even though he said he'd never talk, discuss his son's business. So they're doing business directly with the Chinese government and they're, and they're uh, extorting money out of there to the Biden family, which puts him in a precarious position with the Chinese, which we'll talk about in a second here. But uh, where did, you know, who did, who did Biden pay off for that? I mean, you got uh, the uh, CIA supposedly dealing directly with the uh, with the uh, uh, Twitter and Facebook to make them squash the story about uh, Hunter Biden's laptop, making them uh, making them uh, doubt that it was real and squash the stories and keep it from being distributed uh, so it wouldn't influence the election. Who paid what to where? When, when, how did that happen? So, there's a whole bunch of people that know that, and it's real obvious, and we know now that the Hunter Biden laptop was real. We know that all the information in it was real, and uh, of course, Biden's already president, and the damage is done. The, body, the bodies are in the ground already, and all the damage that Biden's done, and they're going after Trump. Hmm. You know what? Again, I said this a million times. Uh, I don't really care what kind of guy uh, Donald Trump is. 
you know what? He's not, he's not dating my daughter. He's not, uh, being the pastor at my church. Um, we elected him to run our country and running our country is when we pick someone to run our country, we want someone who understands how to run our country, how to deal with, with, uh, other countries and make sure that we're being treated right. Make sure that we're safe and make sure that our say our streets are safe and that we're safe to live in on our and our and we can afford to to put gas in our cars and buy groceries and live a nice life in this country. We don't care if somebody puts out mean tweets. Just let me live my life. And that's uh and you know so if this stuff doesn't make sense to you then just keep listening and you know how to vote and you know how to talk to other people because this is this is the time. You know what uh uh, at a Christian men's group that I go to, we talk about the fact that 40, uh, 40 million Christians don't vote. And if the churches weren't afraid of losing their tax deduction, their 501c3, um, we could have pastors preaching this stuff from the pulpit about, hey, let's let's vote based on what's right and what we believe in. And But they don't because they're worried about being taxed and no longer having a no, no longer being separated and being tax free, and it's and it's scary. Hopefully, we can uh, try and influence a change there, so that we take a stand because there's right and there's wrong, and we need to uh, we need to stand up to this. You know, all we need to do, the only thing it takes for evil to take over is for good men to do nothing, and uh, I, for one, are speaking out. So anyway, let's talk about something else going on. Surprisingly, one media outlet managed to cover one other story this week besides the Trump arraignment, and that was NBC. Monday, they published a bombshell update report on the Chinese spy balloon that flew across the United States in February. According to sources, two senior U.S. officials and one former senior administration official uh, said the balloon was able to gather intelligence from several sensitive American military sites, despite the Biden administration's efforts to block it from doing so. So what were those those uh, sensitive American military sites that this balloon that they said was a weather balloon initially, which would mean it's, it's floating around based on the winds, except for we know now that it didn't. And it went over three key installations in the balloon's path, including Maelstrom Air Force Base in Montana, uh, one of three bases that maintains and operates Minutemen 3 intercontinental ballistic missiles. Offutt Air Force Base in Nebraska, the headquarters for the U.S. Strategic Command, which oversees America's nuclear forces, and a joint base Charleston in South Carolina, which hosts two nuclear submarine squadrons. So the Chinese are flying over the country, just randomly being blown over these military things, and they're sucking up all the, all the, uh, all the data that they can pick up uh, from that's beyond what satellites can do. Um, more from the report. Uh, China was able to control the balloon so it could make multiple passes over some of the sites, at times flying figure eight formations. So let's see. Oh, it's just a weather balloon. It's just being floating over. But if you're there and you're looking at it, you can see it going around and doing loop-de-loops and seeing over the, you know, doing figure eight formations and transmit information it collected back from Beijing in real time. So it's not just collecting data, and when we shot it down, we got all the data before it floated back to China. They were transmitting it in real time. So while it's floating there, all that data is going into a computer in China. The intelligence China collected was mostly from electronic signals, which can be picked up from weapon systems or include 
uh, communications from base personnel rather than images. The three officials said China could have gathered much more intelligence from sensitive sites if not for the administration's efforts to move around potential targets and obscure the balloon's ability to pick up their electronic signals by stopping them from broadcasting emitting signals. Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure what all that means. They're moving, if if not for the their potential moving up potential targets. How do you move around? How do you move around uh, Air Force bases? I don't know. So this is what they're saying. If it wasn't for their ability to 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 move the move the the targets and uh, and to obscure the balloon's ability to pick up electronic signals, so basically jamming jamming the signals so they couldn't get them. The Defense Department directed NBC News to comments that senior officials made in February that the balloon had limited additive value for intelligence collected by the Chinese government over and above what China is likely to be able to collect through things like satellites and low Earth orbit. So, uh, hey, we'll just refer to the the BS report that we said last time. Uh, You really can't get much additional value than what they can get from satellites. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby declined to answer questions Monday about what kind of electronic signals or communications the balloon could have accessed. Knowing it was going to enter U.S. airspace, we took action to limit the ability of this balloon to garner anything of an additive value or especially useful content, said Kirby. So again, I won't get ahead of what we're learning off this thing. So hold on a second. My thought is, my thought is, when he said, knowing it was going to enter U.S. airspace, we took action to limit the ability. Well, if you knowing you were, it was going to enter U.S. airspace, why didn't you shoot it down? Maybe they didn't know. Maybe they didn't know it was going to enter U.S. airspace, and they're just trying to act like they were actually watching. So why didn't they shoot it down? Well, you know, instead, hey, it's coming in here. We're just gonna, we're just gonna limit what they can get. Why not stop what they can get? I don't know. Back to the report. Montana Senator Steve Daines, a Republican, said the administration's explanation explanation that the balloon had limited additive value is little comfort to Montanans and the American people and the weak spin on the issue the administration mishandled from start to finish. So. We all watched it. We all watched it happen and say, well, there's little additive value. I don't think that makes me comfortable. Whether I'm at my Montana house or my California house or my Arizona house or no matter where I'm at, I don't think it makes it makes me feel better. Hey, the administration didn't see this happening and they didn't do anything about it. The balloon had self-destruct mechanism that could have been activated remotely by China, but officials said it's not clear if it didn't happen because the mechanism malfunctioned or because China decided not to trigger it. And so that was, hey, in case the in case we see the Americans are going to get this, we're going to make it explode before they can find out exactly what it was, but they didn't do that. Um, the report concludes... After the balloon was shot down in February, Biden administration officials said it was capable of collecting signals intelligence. But while his officials were saying that, Biden was contradicting them with a typical nothing to see here. Here's what he told Telemundo in February. Do you regret not having insisted on bringing it down sooner? No. The total amount of... um Intelligence gathering is going on by every country around the world is overwhelming. And the idea that a balloon could traverse, uh, break American airspace is, uh, anyway, it's, it's not a major breach. Uh, uh, 
forgot what I was thinking about. I forgot. Is it time for lunch? Uh, well, anyway, anyway, that's not a problem. It's amazing that Joe Biden thinks Americans still believe him when he downplays these national security threats from China or when he says anything at all for that matter. Because we, as we all know, this is a lot more than about the balloons. Let's think about what we've seen in just the last couple of couple of months. More money, $3 million, flowing into Biden family bank accounts from yet another Chinese state energy firm Hunter was involved in. Remember the $3 bucks? And uh, hey, that was seed money. We just took our share of it. Really? Seed money is investment in your company. You don't just take it out so you can spend it in your personal account. Chairman Xi meeting with Putin, pledging their friendship without limits and prompting that change is coming, coming that hasn't happened in 100 years and we're driving this change forever. It's a love story in, in, uh, in Moscow. And Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer approving a Chinese-owned EV battery plant in her state being built with $585 million of tax, taxpayer dollars and operated by Chinese nationals who will move to the Michigan and live on campus at a local Ferris State University. And their people will be running it and their people will be working it. It's not bringing in jobs. For Americans, it's bringing in jobs for Chinese, and the Americans are paying for it. Hmm. Does this make sense to you? And last month, there were 1,368 encounters with Chinese nationals at the southern border. Well, why are those people coming over? They're refugees? I don't know. We ha we know we've got people from Guatemala and Honduras and El Salvador and Mexico, and, uh, you know, somehow people from uh, Afghanistan are getting over and coming up through the southern border. I don't know. And, you know, why are, the, why are there 1,368 people coming in, Chinese nationals, through the southern border? Here's Federalist editor Molly Hemingway speaking on Fox's Outnumbered. People had legitimate reason to be worried about China. And it's not just about this balloon, but our entire posture toward China and how we have so many people in power who are in cahoots with the with, with communist China businesses. They make a lot of money through communist China. And of the previous administration, we had peace breaking out all over the world, peace agreements, no new wars, ending of wars, a strong economy, a pivot to China. And then we were told that adults would now be in charge and that they would take care of things. We have World War III on the brink of breaking out because we have no strategy for how we're managing this war between Russia and Ukraine, but we're fully involved. We have all the problems with China and we have a bunch of hot spots throughout the world. Yeah, and that's, uh, you know, they're counting on people having short-term memory and not putting uh, last month and last week together with this week. And that's most of the American public. But we need to have long-term memory, put the pieces of the puzzle together, collect the connect the dots, and keep our mouths open and our brains open and make sure everybody else know, understands what's going on. Hey, anyway, I'm all out of time for this episode of the main event. So uh, my name is Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening. And I'll be back again with you next week. <laughs>